record. Three, two, one, go. All right, we're back again. Good to finally connect. We haven't talked in a long time, actually. It's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Well, the way we do this, though, is is we've we've backlogged a, a, a number of episodes in the they're in the can, so to oh, speak, yes, to that's address right. in this the can episodes in the can consistency. Yes, and some of the friends and, and people that listen to this podcast who I've talked to, I've shared a little bit about that, that it's extremely challenging for you and I to connect given the time zone difference between Tokyo and Yeah, Toronto. it's been tough, it's been tough. And when you have your end, it's, it's usually your night we're recording in in my morning, different things are going on in the household at those times, so it's, it's a challenge, but uh, we try to make it consistent with ep- releasing our episodes on a on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and we do not having these these gaps that could easily show up to the to the audience if it wasn't for us us having these saved episodes one of the pitfalls of that of course is we don't always have timely our time our events are a little behind sometimes or we're talking about temperatures <coughs> from two months ago oh, happening yeah, that's right. versus like, it's it's you know, freezing today and it's like 30 degrees outside yeah Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but what are we right. talking about today? We're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about. Are we going to jump right into Roy Halliday? Well, you know, in the past we haven't really done this where we've given a bit of a table of contents and what we're going to talk about. And uh, but I think maybe this time we should. Right. That we want. We wanted to talk about Roy yep. Halliday because it's Hall of Fame induction weekend where a number of players are actually being inducted this weekend, including the famous. Blue Jay Roy. That's Halliday. right, and you and I are both pretty large baseball fans. We love MLB baseball, and we've loved it since we were kids. Exactly. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of an ongoing thing that my brother and I have back and forth is is stupid sales. Oh yeah, sales like summer sales events and Fourth of July weekend sales events, Canada Day sales events that seemingly have little to no value or detail to them and i have a number i've written down that i want to i want to walk through okay that sounds good and then yeah and then uh we also we also want to highlight it's also a a special anniversary uh for a world event that occurred that uh, we're going to share as well during uh that uh that you had had noticed while you were uh yeah, we'll share that that commemorative events that is related to a topic from a previous episode. <laughs> that that could be like a whole episode on its own. But anyway, okay, that's good. Exactly. So let let's get right, right into the uh, the Roy Halladay stuff. Fire away. Yes. Yeah, I mean Roy Halladay is a is a pitcher was a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. He spent most of his career with Toronto, also Philadelphia. And, yes, and and after many years of playing playing in front of i guess a futile blue jays baseball team through some of their most mediocre years he did finish his career his last 4 years he he spent with the Philadelphia Phillies and and had some phenomenal games and experiences with the Philadelphia Phillies so He's certainly a person for someone from Canada. I'll say Canada because Toronto is really Canada's team. As much as it is the Toronto Blue Jays, it's still Canada's team. Agreed. It's the only one we've got. 
So my memories of Roy Halladay, there are there are a few. I mean, I remember him uh, when he was pitching for the Phillies. He came. He was pitching in a game against against Toronto. So he this was, I think, his first time coming back to Toronto. And I remember Jose Batista hitting a home run off him. And I was actually at the game, which which was kind of cool to see. I never had any ill feelings toward Roy Halladay for leaving, but it was nice to see live and in person Jose Batista hit a home run against against Roy Halladay. Was it a good one or was it a squeaker? Did he just like eke it over the fence or was it a like a a, a moonshot? I think it was a pretty big hit. I, I want to say it was like a second deck mm. o- like over the 400 foot wall area like center field like just next to the windows like near the windows what restaurant That's pretty good. Spot. That's pretty good. I, I remember yeah. Roy Halladay giving up a few of those. I mean, he always had well, what were his pitches? I mean, look, one of the pitches that he had that he could dominate hitters with was his slider. He had an insane slider. It had killer bite to it and it just slid mm-hmm. off the plate and um i mean he i think he had one of the best if not the best slider in baseball at the time yeah but i mean he was a predominantly a four pitch pitcher right he had uh, a fastball he had the slider he had the curveball and did he have another fat like oh he had a change up so that was he was a four pitch pitcher and they were all deadly i mean he had it's the thing about toronto fans is I don't think they understood what they had when they had him. He was dynamite and he was a fast moving pitcher. Like he did not mess around. Like his games were quick. He would set and hit the plate and then get the ball back and set and throw it back. I mean, he was I mean, on the money. Um and, yeah. and then interrupting yeah. his was- flow was tough to do. You know, you mentioned about, I don't know if the fans knew what they had. I mean, I agree with that to some extent. But if you do look at, I remember when he was was pitching, and it was, as I said before, during this these mediocre, dark days of Blue Jays baseball, you still had a number of fans that were showing up at the park just because he was No pitching. doubt, no doubt. So I think somebody had attributed the Roy Halladay effect was worth 25,000 fans or 30, 30, 25,000 is probably a reasonable number, that a crowd that turned out to be 30,000 would have probably been like 20,000 at best, or 15,000 You mean without him? Uh, like what we're, yeah, like, like what we're seeing today now, Blue Jays attendance, given that they're now in, a, again, another sort of dark period post-2016, you are seeing fans in the numbers of, 17 18,000 coming out to the Rogers Center now which is uh which I think you don't have a Roy Halladay that's showing up and pitching every every like once a week who's making that number turn from 19,000 into you know to 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 30,000 so maybe his effect was more like 15 15 to 20 and not 25,000 but on a Saturday you would easily have 30 plus thousand people showing up to a Roy Halladay start that would probably have been like high teens, low low twenties. That if it wasn't like on any yeah on any other night, he was a dynamite pitcher, and people people did know that he was great. He was the only not the only draw, but he was the biggest draw that they had. Um, and 
Oh man, he could pitch. He was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Well, I want to, and this isn't a sports podcast, and so for f- listeners who aren't really into sports, I don't want to to bore people with too much baseball detail. But I think it's worth noting just some of his career highlights. <clears throat> so his he was an eight time All Star. He won the Cy Young Award, which is the award given to the best pitcher. I think each league. Yes, gives. there's two Cy Youngs, one for the National League, one for the American League. So he won that twice, once in 2003 and once in 2010. He was two times MLB wins leader, again, in the same years that he won the Cy Young, which probably attributed to his getting that award. Yep. And he pitched a perfect game on May 29th, 2010 with the Phillies correct and he pitched a postseason no hitter on August 6 2010 also with he the sure did and he almost had a perfect game in that game and and just on his win-loss record 203 105 203 wins 105 losses which you know we, we can debate wins being a, whether it's a, a an accurate number or whether it's re- truly reflective of a, of a pitcher's success. Not always. I mean, look at m- currently Marcus Stroman is pitching. I think he's 5-10 and 10 or something like that. But he's actually having a very good season. He just hasn't had a team that's been hitting behind right. him, which was common, commonly the case with Roy Halladay. He just didn't have very good teams that were behind Yes, that's him. true. Last on the statistics, in earned run average, career earned run average of 3.38. And then strikeouts, 2,117 strikeouts. There was a little bit of debate around, are these World Series, or sorry, Hall of Fame stats? Roy Halladay, in many minds, was not an absolute shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. But when you do go through some of these numbers, I think he makes, he's, he's to me, a viable and bonafide Hall Absolutely. I 100% agree. Anybody that can throw a perfect game and a no-hitter in their career, um, regardless of the team that they're with, deserves at least a seat at the table when it comes to Hall of Fame, especially when you throw in all of the other numbers that he has. You know, if he was uh, lucky enough to get a perfect game and then lucky enough to get uh, um, a no-hitter but still had not great statistics throughout the rest of his career, then maybe you could make a case by saying, well, you know, he got a little lucky on those two games, but this guy was a dynamite pitcher from almost the get-go. I mean, he he did come up into the major leagues, and I remember him uh, being sent down for, um, I think, about yeah. a, half a half a year or something like that, um, just to sort of reset. Um, he wasn't doing great. Um they sent him back down, and when he came back up, he never went back down. So this guy yeah. pitched amazingly from the start, and and then and then and then he had uh, a nice exit out of baseball. Uh, what did he? What did he play? Fifteen, eighteen years. It was a long time. Yeah, he came in first major league game. He had a long career. It was over. I'm going to say 15 plus years. I don't remember the amount. And then, uh, and then you didn't hear about him for a while. And then, all of a sudden, there was some terrible news that he had been involved in uh, in uh, in an airplane 
incident. Yeah, he he was the yes. pilot, and uh, and the plane crashed, and uh, he died, and uh, left behind a wife and some kids, and it was a tragic, yeah. terrible day. I remember hearing the news on the radio when I was in my car, and uh, you know, I was a little bit sad for sure. It's terrible, terrible news. You don't want to hear that with anybody, let alone somebody that, you know, you kind of grew up watching. Um, it was very shocking news. It was uh, actually 20, about 20 months ago this happened. So less than two years ago is when I heard that was when it happened. Right. Yep. Um, so Roy Halladay had two loves. One was baseball and one was, I mean, he had more than two loves, I'm sure, but his two major passions were baseball and his second major passion was flying. Right. And... Apparently, he was 300 hours away from reaching 1,000 hours flied, Mm -hmm. which apparently is when insurance rates drop on airplane, on on aviation insurance. Okay. When you hit 1,000 hours. I just thought I'd put that in there. Nice. Good stat. So, yeah. yeah, And just to answer your previous question, he started his first game was September 20th, 1998 for the Toronto Blue Jays. His last MLB appearance was september 23rd 2013 yeah so you know terrible news 15 yeah 15 years terrible news uh you know he exits baseball with grace uh retires everybody's happy applauds him uh nobody disputes the fact that he was a great baseball player and then a few years later uh he ends up in this fateful airplane crash and the terrible part about it was that not only did he leave behind, you know, his family and friends, but then news surfaced that he was, uh, there was a toxology report, report that, uh, I guess they listed a number of drugs that were in his system, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I was a little bit shocked. I don't think I expected that. I figured it was a, you know, an incident that happened Maybe a bird hit the engine or, um, you know, bad weather or something like that. But, but nope, yeah. he, was, uh, he was flying under the influence of some substances. He was. He was. And, and uh, also his plane was seen making some maneuvers you might see at an air show, rocketing up. Then, you know, taking from the Sports Illustrated article that just came out, Maneuvers you might see at an air show, rocketing up, then shooting back down. He flew as close as 75 feet to nearby houses. Halliday was not certified in what is known as aerobatics, and he violated FAA regulations requiring a minimum distance of 500 feet from any person, vessel, vehicle, or structure. And yes, the toxology report did reveal levels of Zolpidem, which is a sedative sometimes known as Ambien, There were amphetamines and morphine in his system. There were also traces of tobacco, hydromorphone, a narcotic often marketed as Dilaudid, I think it is, and uh, also an antidepressant, um, fluoxetine, which is uh, sold under the name Prozac. Now, all of that being said, he should never have been under these the influence of these things, but there are some links to some of the back pain that he had experienced in his career. And some of this could be due to sure. uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's for his injuries. No doubt. Yeah. But, but as an experienced pilot, 1700 hours is pretty experienced. I think 
you you have to know that flying under any kind of any kind of drugs or or things that aren't aren't you're not supposed to be especially how meticulous he was about his career and about how he was about not getting injured and uh, that he was so he never had Tommy John surgery he was and just think about that it's almost oh no no I, I agree fifteen years n- for baseball, no real for major in- injuries that it was fantastic I mean it was. He had a few, but he never had Tommy right. John, which Tommy John now is a rite of passage for pitchers. It's like you're not a pitcher in Major League Until Baseball you have that. Tommy yeah. John yeah. surgery. So Roy Halladay, um, he's going in on the, under the Hall of Fame this this weekend in the part of the induction. He is going in without a logo. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. No. Right. Okay. No Blue Jay, no so Philly. that's a little bit... A little bit disappointing, I think, for me. I, I think there's some some reasons behind it that the, I don't think the family makes this decision, but the the fact that he isn't going to have the Blue Jay logo on his plaque is is disappointing to me. If he had a Phillies logo, I think that would be more disappointing or upsetting. So maybe that that there is no logo is maybe a fitting a fitting thing. Um something else I wanted to talk about with regards to this is that his family had made a comment something to do with the fact that he um did it well it was known amongst his family that he had a bit of a substance abuse issue. Um painkillers and uh uh, as you mentioned, that he was on Prozac, which is uh, an antidepressant. Um, and this is really common, I think, for a lot of people that come out of professional sports. Not necessarily the pain... Well, I, I, for sure the painkillers. I know there's a lot of professional athletes that have had issues with painkillers. But um, the antidepressants, because they don't know how to make the adjustment from the adoration and the adulation that fans would give them, being the man... Uh, and then stepping into normal life, the, you know, what you and I live, we walk down the street, nobody knows who we are, nobody pats us on the back or asks us for um, an autograph, um, nobody stands in the corner and whispers to their friend, that's that's Clark Luby, that's Simon Riley, you know, like they don't care. So we get to live a life of anonymity, which we love. Um, but I think when you're, yes. you know, you're, you're a professional athlete, you don't know how to make that adjustment after um, walking into stadiums and having 30, 40, 50,000 people cheer your name. And then all of a sudden, one day you hang up the cleats and you walk to the grocery store and you're old news. Nobody cares anymore. Um, that's a hard adjustment. And I think, um, you know, a lot of athletes struggle with that, and certainly the family of Roy Halladay had said that that was one of the things that he did not know how to adjust to. And so depression sets hmm. in, and of course you go see your doctor and you take some happy pills, and uh, hopefully that helps. Well, it's interesting because you, when you retire as, a, as an athlete, you tend to retire young. You're not retiring at 65, like typical retirement age in, yep, in, that's in true. North yep. America anyway. Um, that that retiring at sixty five or when you're older. Now, one might argue that it's it's more depressing to retire when you're old and you only have a certain number of years left. That that could add to depression. But I think it's a reasonable statement that at forty you're retired. That just having a big bank account with a whole bunch of money in it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy. Yes, I agree. Um, 
I would love to say that I know what that feels like, but I don't. So <laughs> we don't, we don't, and we won't. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a, I think it's reasonable. I mean, people do retire. They retire. There's statistics that say people retire, and then not long after, many pass away just because they haven't been able to fill their live, lives with things to replace that. That they spent forty or thirty years in a career that fulfilled them maybe or at least filled their time and that when they're retired and suddenly look around and realize maybe they didn't have as many friends as they would have liked they or keep and because they didn't keep those friends during the time they were working or they distanced themselves from family because they were too busy with their careers do you so ever worry about that with a yourself? lot of factors I've I've made a conscious effort not to end up that way as far as regrets. Like I I'm I think you can only make so much of a conscious effort to do that, but I do think I don't necessarily worry about ending up that way, but I do think about trying to enjoy the time I have now with the kids being the ages they're at, being 10 and 8 that these do need to be thought you do need to be in the moment you can't you can't look and and say well i'll look back on these years you really have to look at these years and be and and absorb them and be in the moment and i'm really tr- you hear that comment a lot they grow up fast you'll blink and suddenly they'll be teenagers you'll blink suddenly they'll be getting married and having their own kids and i think many people take that hear that and and say to themselves, yeah, okay, I, I'm going to make sure I'm more make more of an effort. And then usually they don't. They just again end up regretting later on. So I think it's important. It, you can't. You have to. It's a it's a funny thing when you looking back on something many many years later is it going to be a different experience than being in that time and looking ahead 15 years later and trying to plan how not to be in a regretful position Mm. 15, 20 years from now. But I think the best we can do is try. So, Yeah, I I sometimes worry about that a little bit with myself. I don't don't sit and dwell on it, but I I wonder what will happen in, uh, you know, later in my life. And uh, I certainly worry about it with my parents. I mean, well, my dad is retired now, and um, you know, I wonder how he'll handle things. So uh, I guess we just have to wait and see. It's one of those things, right? I'd like to think that I can find enough things for myself. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, how am I doing here for... Uh, I got 6%, per- 5%, but... All right, let's do weird sales right now before we lose it. Okay. I mentioned at the top that my brother-in-law my I mentioned at the top that my brother-in-law and I have a little bit of a thing going back and forth, mostly from his end because well, first of all, the thing that's going back and forth is that he will send me this list of sales events that are occurring. He'll see them in the newspaper. He'll see them on on TV. He'll see them when he's driving by, mostly car dealerships. I think the car dealerships are the primary 
source of these so-called sales events, followed by followed by grocers and um, big box stores. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was highlight some of the names of these these things just to uh, because I found them pretty humorous. When you start paying when you start paying attention to them. They have a, a funniness to them that I, I think is worth talking about. Now, I say that it's mostly one way because in Japan, I don't really see this at all because if there's any type of sales events, it would all be written in Japanese. So I don't, I don't see it. And I also don't have cable TV with Japanese commercials where I could have any exposure to this. But I do sense that this is largely a North American phenomenon. Okay. But let me share with you some of the, the names of these events. So, first of all, I mentioned the car category is, is a big one. So, in the car category, we had recently the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event. Right. Okay. I'm excited. And you don't really get any... Are you? You I'm, are? Yeah. It's a golden opportunity I'm to buy a Lexus. I'm good. Let's, let's do yeah. it. You're... Are you being serious or are you being facetious? I'm being a little bit facetious. But anyway, continue. Okay. Then we have Ford's Hurry Up and Save sales event. Mm-hmm. We have the Summer of Audi sales event. Okay. And uh, this one actually had some details on it. For a limited time, receive $2,500 credit on the Audi a8 okay model yes, the audi a8 what would that be what would that be a $80,000 oh, car at least i would think at least so if you're a, you're going to buy if you're in the market for an audi a8 does a sale or, or does a credit of $2,500 appeal no, to you no it's not going to matter you have to ask yourself as the advertising or the marketing people for audi what what do you think $2,500 is going to do to motivate a person who's in the market for an Audi A8? I don't think you need to market to anybody that's in the market for an Audi A8. Like you don't need to you don't need to give them any disc unless the discount is like $10,000. I don't think they right. care. Um or you know, if you're going to offer like say um you know, extra things like power windows or uh you know whatever but uh, but those things are all standard now like everything is standard now and they're meaning yeah right and an audi a8 if you don't have power windows and all that's kind of my point right like it's it's already a luxury car so what are you going to offer like you could offer free oil changes for the life of the car that actually wouldn't be bad um you know stuff like that but i mean anybody that's in the market for that car they don't care Unless it's right. a big, big now, discount. But that might be part of it, is that this is designed to draw in the people that can't afford vehicles like right. this. Perhaps. I think that's a primary motivation. That's a little bit scary. It is, and that's that I would call predatory marketing. In fact. I actually would probably agree with you. Yep, predatory marketing. So now you've got somebody that can't really afford the car. You've sold them the car, and now they've got to make a decision how many months can I go before I have to return this car? <laughs> because I can't afford it, right? right? Well, well, so just in case so that Audi doesn't come and sue us for this, well, let's move on. Yeah, right. So we have, we have the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Okay. The, the summer of Jeep 
Okay. Here, this one actually had a bit of detail. Get get up to nine months of Apple Music on us on Apple. Okay. No, on the on the Jeep. Uh, oh, the Jeep. I see. Right, got it. Okay. Yeah. So nine months of Apple Music on us. What does Apple Music cost? Fourteen ninety nine. I, I a don't month? even know. Let's just let's just assume it's twelve dollars a month. I could be totally wrong because I use Spotify. Yep. Okay. So as, as you're many do. What? Thank you, summer. Thank you, Jeep, for giving me one hundred eight dollars. <laughs> yep. But I heard a sense. I got a sense of, and maybe you were being facetious, but I I felt like there was some sincerity when you got a little bit excited when I mentioned this one. It's it kind of caught your ear. Uh, only because it was a Lexus, and I like Lexus. I think it's good. So no, this is a Jeep. oh Jeep. Jeep. No, no, I didn't. I don't care. Jeeps suck. Sorry, sorry, Jeep. Don't sue me. I don't like your car. But okay, but still, you're saying if it had been Lexus, that this potentially would have perked. It maybe perk would it perk your ears and get you into the showroom no, floor? No, I would not have cared in the least if there was the offer of free Apple Music for a year or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go back and listen to that <laughs> track of that because I think I want to. I'm going to replay that. <laughs> And because there was a, there were, you, you perked I up. Was, I was, I was perked up. up. I like Lexus. I've wanted a Lexus for a long time. And it's just one of those things that um, I've never, I've never bought. So I don't know. Well, too bad you're not getting free Apple Music with Lexus because this was a Jeep, Jeep, uh, right. Jeep yeah, feature. Yeah, okay. A couple more. Um, the Nissan Now sales event. Okay. The summer on, summer on, the BMW sales event. Okay. So the, the tag was summer on, like the two words, and then below it was the BMW sales event. All new BMW 3 Series, you can get 1.99% APR financing. Fair enough. Okay. And also a summer credit of $2,000. A summer credit. Wow, it's hot out. People are enjoying summer. And you get $2,000 off asterisk, asterisk. Okay, so, hold on. But this is a asterisk. Nissan though, right? So what's what's the Nissan that you're buying? And No, no, this is BMW. Oh, BMW. Come I'm on, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I missed. <laughs> you are still so mesmerized by the free <laughs> Apple music. I'm still stuck on the, I'm stuck on the Lexus. But anyway, go on. <laughs> Lexus, yeah. yes, we had you at Lexus. So the summer credit of two thousand stupid dollars asterisk asterisk. Yeah. So what is the asterisk, or why are there two asterisks? So this two thousand dollar credit is only available on two thousand and nineteen BMW three thirty i models. So why can't you just give two thousand dollars off all BMW models? Come on, like. Does it really have to? I mean, obviously, someone's crunching numbers on the on the actuarial side for these yep. guys, but two thousand dollars, and then it has to be on this particular model, this particular year. It, it's. I really want to walk into one of these places and just start and waving say, hey, papers in their face. Hey, you said well, yeah. Or call up the dealerships and say, "Hey, it's the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event." 
awesome. I can't wait to get down there. Tell me what, what, what am I going to get when I go down there? And it's, again, it's going to be these little things like, well, we have free Apple Music for nine months, or we have $2,000 off only this particular type of model. And I bet you half the time you'd hear that and say, eh, I'm not coming down there. It's not worth bothering. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. And a couple couple more non-car ones. We had Fresh... Do you call it Fresh Co. or Fresh Company? Fresh Co. At the grocery Fresh Co. store? Fresh Co. So the Fresh Co. Fresh summer deals are here. That's the tagline. But... Okay. The f- Go ahead. 48... The 48-hour sale. Thursday, Friday only, you get you get some savings off of blueberries, strawberries, eggs, some frozen dinners, and a few other things. Okay. The 48-hour sale. So you notice, having done a little bit of time in the marketing world, yes. never never worked in advertising, but I've been part of companies that where where we're closely linked in with the marketing teams. There's always this sense of urgency you need to create when it comes to slogans and campaigns. So you clearly see 48-hour sale, hurry up and save, um, the, the seasonal aspect, the summer of Audi sales event. Here's one, the Canada Day save on paint sale from Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's, it's a real comment Going back to your your point about, I think there's a lot of predatoriness in this. There's a lot of let's you know getting people riled up and 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 excited about something that I have a feeling if you actually go down there, you're going to find yourself to be pretty disappointed. Let's um let's not call it predatory because it's not predatory. It's called clever marketing and it's fooling people, which is fine. Uh, if you're not uh, smart enough to figure out that, you know, maybe this isn't the best deal, then that's kind of on you. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to get sued by anybody. So <laughs> let's call it, let's call it clever marketing. Oh, and I just got another one in from my brother-in-law as, as we're uh, recording. Nice. He said that he tells us Ford is having their employee pricing event on right now. Well, yeah. So you get to go in and buy a car. Uh, for the same price that an employee would get it for. So, yeah, that's good. Unfortunately, this episode was cut short because Simon lost battery power on his connection, and so we had a less-than-ideal break than usual. So just a reminder for people that we're reachable by email. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback, comments at we talked about this 99 at gmail.com and we also have a website we talked about this.net and we're also on twitter at we talked podcast love to hear people from people love to hear feedback love to hear topic ideas love to hear from you and maybe even have you on as a guest in a future episode so again we talked about this 99 at gmail.com or visit our website at we talked about this.net and Twitter at we talked podcast. Thanks for listening.